Faith FM Breakfast Show with your hosts, Lyle and Lawson. Not quite today. You are joining us on The Breakfast Show this morning with Lawson and... Blair. Blair. Fantastic to have you Filling here Filling in morning. again. For, well, filling in for Blake, who's filling in for Lyle. We love filling. So we're just, we're just getting it done this morning. Blake is out in Canberra. You know, he's hanging out at a wedding out there. Lyle's fixing a kitchen, probably, hopefully in this weather. Uh, He's he's keeping dry. But, Blair, you're here with us this morning. What are you grateful for? Oh, look, I had a... Yesterday on the weekend, I had an awesome time with a bunch of my um, friends. We got together and uh, we actually had a friend host lunch for us. Ah, okay. (laughs) Which was amazing. Some fantastic, amazing cook. Yeah, it was like, you know, rice, uh, some other, not spaghetti, but I'm not sure what you call it. Like noodles. Noodles. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I remember it was really, really good and it was fantastic. It was me. It was was you. It it was me, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it was, I cooked. It was great. (laughs) I was honestly... I was shocked. I've, I've never... I didn't. I, I didn't have much faith, but you delivered. <laughs> that those words kind of hurt. Uh, no, <laughs> no, it was great. Well, we had a meeting yesterday about the future of Newcastle University Seventh Day Adventist Church, and it was fantastic to get together and discuss what is going to be our strategy going forward to reach the students of Newcastle Uni with the message. And I tell you what, as well, I was blessed to attend Newcastle University Church the previous day on Sabbath and have some of the listeners from Faith FM come along and and be blessed by our service. Shout out Elizabeth and those guys. But hey, right now we are going to get into the weather. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. That was Jill Paquette Dizwan with Tis So Sweet. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM. And it has come time for our first question for the quiz. Absolutely. And we have some very exciting prizes this week. Absolutely. I'm I'm excited to announce them. Yeah. We've got a three-book true story giveaway. Yes. The first prize being uh, A Thousand Shall Fall, a Mm. wonderful story about uh, a family who were faithful to God um, during Hitler's Germany. Uh, We've got the story of the richest caveman, the Doug Bachelor story, a famous evangelist and preacher. And, of course, we've got the Under Under the Shadow, a story of true narrow escapes from God's protecting Mm. hand of um, Brother Yon Fong Chung. So that will be worth checking out. Fantastic prize. I'll give you the question that you have to do uh, answer to get in the running to get that prize. It says, where did the devil have Jesus stand when he said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from Ooh. here. Where was, uh, where did the devil get Jesus stand when he said those words? Uh, of course, if you text into the number uh, 0491064669, you'll be able to send an answer through and go into the running for that fantastic prize. Oh, man, these kinds of stories, I sit there and, and weep at like what these people have been through and how God has worked in their lives. And particularly you mentioned one there under the shadow. It, it, what was the guy's name again? Joshua Yun Fong Chong. Okay. Amazing. It, like the persecution of Christianity is Asia always produces some of the most powerful stories of faith. Just people yeah, putting the, their lives on the line for what they believe. But all of those stories you had a thousand shall fall there. The story of Franz Hassel in World War II. Incredible. These books are amazing. I love true stories. Oh, they're great. 0491 064 is the number to call a text if you know the answer. Absolutely. 
Mm. So, what's going on in the world of positively different news? Well, there's some amazing stories going around. Uh, the, I'm going to share one story with you, um, and it actually links into our free giveaway today um, regarding Franz Hazel, uh, who wrote the book, or who whose story is told in A Thousand Shall Fall. Uh, I believe it's his grandson, Michael Hazel, mm. uh, in collaboration with the Southern Adventist University uh, across there in Tennessee, have been a part of a, an amazing discovery, an absolutely amazing discovery. Uh, they have dug up, unearthed a um, in a uh, a little comb, an mm. ivory comb, which is a uh, quite an amazing uh, architectural discovery. And what makes this so amazing is that on the comb actually has written a sentence. It's quite a funny sentence, actually. Uh, but but it's it's amazing because the uh, the the letters that were used on here was actually um, letters of uh, the Canaanite alphabet. Mm. So dating back to um, about 1,800 uh, before Christ. Yeah. So we're, we're going back, and of course we read of Canaan in the Bible. Absolutely. Uh, in mm. the Canaanites. And so, um, yeah, this little ivory comb, and on the sentence that is inscribed on this comb, uh, it's quite funny. It says, may this tusk, uh, the comb was made out of ivory and elephant tusk, says, may this tusk root out the lice of the hair and the beard. Powerful. <laughs> it's, it's essentially, it's, it's, it's mission statement right That's there. right. It's like, that's it's right. Like, this is what we're trying to do. Very poetic, very, that's, that's amazing. I just love it. And mm-hmm. I love that they mentioned the beards. I'm, I, I've got to think for beards. Beards are amazing. amazing. <laughs> You're and trying to grow your own. That's right. I've been working on it for a while. But, you know, this it, the, uh, inscribed on this little comb is its description, what it's for. And um, mm. actually, quite amazingly, they, uh, it's only a small little comb, has teeth on both sides, uh, mm. quite an amazing thing to look at. But they actually tried to microscopically look in to see whether they could find the remains of any uh, lice. And they couldn't find a whole lice, obviously, but they um, they did find the outer covering um, uh, of a lice uh, mm. So on, on one of the teeth of the combs. Oh, wow. So it's, uh, it's quite... A, Significant archaeological discovery. It's like an almost two thousand year old yeah. piece of life. So crazy stuff um, found uh, across there in uh, Tel Lakish, mm. uh, one of the major Canaanite cities, and mm. during that time. So yeah, the publisher, the findings have been published in uh, journal, the Jerusalem Journal of Archaeology, and and uh, shared around in other public, um, you know, popular media and things like that. But Awesome story, and I kind of love sharing it because it ties really, really nicely in with our free giveaway this Absolutely. week. Absolutely, uh, as a grand, I believe it is his grandson, Michael mm. Hazel, um, mm. of this true story that we're we're giving away mm. this week. So amazing, amazing stuff, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> um, so another story, and uh, this one is uh, comes to you from Melbourne. Okay, coming from Melbourne, uh, if you. Uh, last time I was on here, I, we shared about the uh, bird uh, week where, you know, yeah. the, the bird life week, you can spot out the birds mm-hmm. and um, I've got a bit of a thing for bird watching. Mm-hmm. It's worth doing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and so anyway, this, uh, there's, they've set up a camera in Melbourne. There's a, there's a, a peregrine falcon, which is really an amazing bird. They can fly wow. up to speeds of like, I think it's over 300 kilometers an hour. Excuse um, me. When they're diving. Oh, when they dive. Yeah, diving that down. That's incredible. Which is, they're the fastest bird. Mm. Uh, and so they're just amazing birds. Mm. But there's been a bird, a, a, a couple that have been um, 
breeding, or as in laying a nest at a, uh, a building in Melbourne. It's actually 367 Collins Street. Mm-hmm. And for 30 years, 1991 is the first year when they, stu- they laid um, their first eggs there. Mm-hmm. And for 30 years, they've been raising hatchlings on this, the edge of a building in Melbourne. Wow. And, um, and just since 2016, they've actually set up a, a live stream webcam. Oh, nice. So nice. you can watch the hatchlings, you can watch the birds uh, as they grow. They always start the live stream once the eggs have been laid and then finish the live stream once the hatchlings have flown. Mm. And just over this weekend, uh, the hatchlings um, have flown for the first time. They've jumped off. So they just jump off the building and it's like, good luck. Yeah, they practice. They've been jumping along the edge, Mm -hmm. you know, practicing, flying around, um, walking backwards and forwards, practicing their skills. Uh, but they've just been, um, yeah, they, they've been um, testing their wings and now they've, they've had launched out and given mm. it a go. And there's, uh, it's an amazing live stream. There's, I, I'm not sure the exact number, but um, thousands, millions of people, I believe, watching this thing. There's a massive Facebook group of tens of thousands of people following the journey of these peregrine falcons. Mm. Um, so, yeah, quite an amazing story. Um, uh, little little hatchlings that have jumped out and, um, yeah, they're not, not sure what the empty nesters are going to do now, mm. um, the mum and dad. but um, Is this a really common bird here in Australia or is it something that you're really... Look, it's worth seeing. Like, mm. oh, I haven't seen one oh. yet. Um, I've seen 243 species, <laughs> wow, just to okay. be exact. Uh-huh. <laughs> do you have, like, a chart at home? You're, like, ticking it Absolutely. off? Absolutely. Well, not... Yeah, it's an app. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, 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 in the modern technology. But then mm. I do have a, a book where you tick them off in the book and write mm. where you saw them. So, yeah, I guess you... You mm. could say, but I haven't had the privilege yet of ticking these off. And I, I have watched the live stream, but it doesn't count if you don't see it in person. Yeah, of it, you, I, you yeah. know, I could type into YouTube like falcon diving at three hundred kilometers an hour. But, but hey, does that mean you got to go on a trip down to Melbourne? Well, you know, it may just be that I have to do that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's a, a lot of commitment, but uh, yeah. And look, one final good news story that I will feature um, that I've, I found quite interesting as I read it um, mm. is that there has been in France mm-hmm. a cat that travelled uh, several hundred kilometres mm-hmm. after being lost from its house. Its owners moved from one part of France to another, mm. took it with them, and moved to this new area, but was trying to keep the cat inside because they were worried it would be lost when they, mm. if it got outside in the unfamiliar surroundings. Sure enough, it got out, and 13 months later, it was found back several hundred kilometers at their old house. No way. You're, no, I'm not kidding. <laughs> and so it was lost so it last traveled. year. It was lost last year in November, and they just found it um, just just the other week and um it spent three weeks in the vet getting cleared they went and visited to make sure that this was the right cat Uh and sure enough vet checks all checked out it was the cat and 13 months later after a several hundred kilometer journey back to its original home it's been reunited with its owners (laughs) so how did it how does it navigate that uh uh, Is is this just a mystery do they know does it smell something does it they're just like absolutely perplexed. I'm like this is I'm just stunned. an adventurer cat. <laughs> I have no idea how that works. Now that is fantastic cat news because usually Lyle's on here talking about awful cat news and how <laughs> cats are killing native Look, animals. I'm a dog person over cats, but I couldn't ignore this story. Yeah, absolutely. Like that. This is this is a fantastic story because it's not about you know cats going out and killing animals, uh, but it's about 
an amazing creation of God having the ability to just be able to find its way home. Kochi the cat. Yeah. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. You are listening to The Breakfast Show and we have... Another question for the quiz. Absolutely. The question, fill in the blank with the right adjective. God thundereth blank with his voice. Mm -hmm. Great things doth he which we cannot comprehend. Found in Job 37 verse Five. All right, there we go. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to call or text. We have our multiple prizes that we're giving away this week. Our true story bundle. Absolutely amazing true stories. A thousand mm. shall fall uh, under the shadow and the richest caveman, the Doug Bachelor story. So mm-hmm. you want to get your name in the draw for those prizes. The question again: fill in the blank with the right adjective. God thundereth blank. With his voice, great things doth he which we cannot comprehend. I love the KJV. Wow, powerful stuff. If you know it, or if you don't know, you just want to take a stab, 0491-064-669. Well, as I said in our intro... You left us on a cliffhanger. I was right. I was right. Uh, I want to start with a quote, a Bible quote, okay. a, a Bible verse. First Timothy chapter 6 and verse 10. For the love of money if, is the root... Of all kinds of evil, it is, and then this is this is the the so that's part is like okay, fair enough. That's a statement that we've all heard. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with much pain. Uh huh. The love of money, it is the root of all evil, and it brings much pain. This week in the news, we have had basically um, the new, I would say, face of fraud has been revealed for our decade. If you look back over, you know, decades of time, you look at big economic moving, movings and shakings. Like if you go to like, say the 1980s with an Enron, for example, uh, where they, you know, defrauded all their investors and everyone went to jail and it was like, wow, these guys are like fraudsters and they tank the economy and ruin the country. And, you know, you can work through your way through. Uh, we have just seen in the crash of a company called FTX, uh, basically, yeah, one of the most large-scale, fraudulent, terrible things ever. And it all has to do and revolve around cryptocurrency, which is something that, for regular listeners, you would know. It's something that I got a little bit of a vendetta against. It didn't start because I got burned by crypto or something like that. You know, I didn't invest and lose my money. But I've just always seen crypto as some kind of, like, people view it as a get-rich-quick scheme, and I'm always so skeptical of get-rich-quick schemes. Also, because the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 11, wealth gained hastily will dwindle, but whoever gathers little by little will increase it. Just because we live in a globalized world in which money can be made quickly doesn't mean that it is a good thing, doesn't mean it will last, doesn't mean it is, uh, what's the other word? Uh, It's just good for you in general. But hey, this story, FTX. So there's this guy, he started this company called FTX and his name's Sam Bankman-Fried. Now, Sam Bankman-Fried started FTX, which is one of the biggest uh, crypto trading uh, companies. They're, They're in exchange. So they hold, they're like, they work like a bank, that's also doing exchanges as well. So they hold your money, they you know help you make trades and do all these kinds of things. And there's a few different big ones in this space. FTX is 
amongst the biggest and the other big one is Binance. Um, but FTX, you'll see its logo everywhere in regards to sports, whether it's NBA teams or F1 or just, they're just sponsoring everything. They're, they've, they've got their hand in everything. They're a massive company and their CEO, Sam Bankman Fried, he's 31 years old and he was seen as the next Warren Buffett, you know, one of the, the greatest young entrepreneurs of all time worth $22 billion himself and running a country that has amassed, amassed a fortune of billions in a very short amount of time. They had an ad in the Super Bowl being like, you know, join the future, join, you know, invest in crypto through FTX, all these different things. Like this was a huge company and their whole thing was trading crypto. That's what they did. Now, um, there's a bit of a story that has unfolded over the last couple of weeks and it starts here. So FTX is a company. They're an exchange. People buy crypto and uh, hold money with them. Now, they work like a bank. And basically, a bank works like this. You have money. You put it in the bank. The bank holds your money and then gives it back to you. Now, if they just did that, that's not a very good business. There's not much money you can make on that. And so there's bank fees. So the bank holds your money and then you pay money to then get your money out. You know, you pay money over a year. But also what banks will do is they will take your money and they'll invest it in assets and then sell those assets and then give you your money back. And then the bank makes money on the money that you gave them. It's not like you're making money by investing in the bank, but the bank is making money by taking your money and investing it in things. Now, um, banks invest in, you know, all kind makes all kinds of investments, whether it's real estate or, you know, yeah, any, any kind of land or in any kind of, you know, business. But usually banks, they're doing their absolute foremost to invest in stable things. And when stable things fall, then banks usually fall. And that's what happened in 2008 in the, you know, the recession that happened at that time in the global financial crisis. It was because the housing market collapsed. All the banks lost all their money and no one could withdraw it. And yeah, it was a terrible situation. Now, a lot of people have put their money in FTX, an exchange, a bank, and they're not getting it back. And But this is the thing. It was leaked that what FTX were doing, it's like, so what is FTX doing with my money when I put it in there? You know, are they just holding it and charging me fees or, or how are they going about it? FTX was taking the money that was held within FTX, using it to buy a coin, like a fake, like not a fake, but a, a lame crypto coin that they had created. It was called FTT coin. It was their own personal coin. They were pumping it into this coin and then using that money to prop up another company that's owned by Sam Bankman-Fried called Alameda Research, which is essentially a venture capitalist like investment firm that had had this track record of making terrible like choices. So they're like poorly investing all the money and losing it. And to the point where then he's to prop up this company, Sam Bankman-Fried is then taking your money that you've invested, like that you're holding. It's not an investment. It's a bank. You're holding it in there. He's converting it into a coin that no one uses and then using that to prop up his other company. Oh, man. Now, the thing is is that... Now, and that's... He was doing it illegally. Now, the thing is that that leaked. It leaked not that he was using it to prop up the company, that that all the money that was being put into FTX was being then pumped into this coin. Now, the problem is, is if everyone wants to get their money out at the same time, then to get their money back, FTX has to sell this coin, then have the money to give back to you. But it gets leaked that all the money in FTX is in this coin that they've created. And so basically what's happened next is then everyone's gone, 
I want my money. I want my money. But then if they sell all of the FTT coin at the same time, then it's worthless. And then no one can get their money back. And so this has just created a storm in which FTX have just gone completely bankrupt because they don't have the ability. Their debt that they've accrued has come from everyone just wanting to take their money out of the exchange. And they're stuffed. Wow. So Sam... Friedman Bankman. Bankman Freed. That's Bankman Freed. That's a classic name, yeah. by the way. So uh, basically, so he's going to jail. He's like, like he is going to sit through hearings because this is very illegal, and he's turned his exchange into a Ponzi scheme. Now, the reason a lot of people wanted to pull their money out of FTX is because it was the uh, this leaked, and it was the CEO of Binance, another exchange, who kind of stepped up and was like, "Oh yeah, this is this is what's going on." Um, with FTX. Now, people have dug into Binance since, the other major exchange in crypto, and they're like, Binance is doing the same thing. No. They're doing the exact same thing. Now, Binance isn't necessarily illegally propping up their other company with all the money that, you know, they're, but they're investing all your money that you put in into a coin that is worthless, that just feeds back into their company. So, essentially, all of crypto is crashing because of this. Bitcoin has gone from $32,000 to $24,000 just in the last couple of days and is continuing to crash, as it's been just dropping over the last year. But, essentially, I have been saying for the longest time, like, I wholeheartedly believe that chasing crypto, it is it is a garage quick scheme and is literally functioning here as a Ponzi scheme that people are going to jail over. And if the big exchanges all fall because everyone is figuring out and realizing that there's nothing actually increasing their value other than just people investing and getting investments of other people, which is a Ponzi scheme, then crypto is very much going to die. If you have any money in that space, take it out. But furthermore, yeah, probably I, not now though, because it's not probably worth anything right now. Yeah, but but this is the problem: is if if all the exchanges fall and crash because they've all falsely invested your money into unstable purchases, then it, nothing is worth anything, and it could potentially never be worth anything in the future. So, guys, trust not in wealth, but Amen. trust in God. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different have another question for the quiz that's right the question is to whom did abraham leave everything when he died who did he leave it to mm. uh that's that's the question the prize for the that you're going in to win is a thousand shall fall the true story uh the richest caveman the doug bachelor story and under the shadow um so three fantastic true stories that are worth checking out amazing hey guys if you are wanting to play for those prizes get your answers in if you are not wanting to play for the prizes you just want to you know answer questions and challenge yourself state it or star just put a little star beside your answer Welcome back, everybody. We're continuing the Owen Shaw story here on Faith FM this morning. I trust that you have been blessed by the previous installments, just looking at how God has been working in remarkable ways in his life. This morning, Owen's going to bring us a story about firefighting. Mm. So this takes place down at the Adventist Alpine Village in Jindabyne. Of course, a few years back, there was horrific fires that went through that region, burned out the whole region. 2019. 2019. We all remember those fires. You were right there in the middle of it, protecting the Adventist Alpine Village, which backs right up to the bush. Mm. I mean, you got bush like right on the back steps. The village, the property there survived the fire. Tell us about what happened. So there was everybody evacuating from the Jindabyne region. I was 
adamant that I wasn't going to let the AAV burn to the ground because it has such a place in my heart that I just couldn't see that. So instead, I'm driving against the, the traffic and I'm driving up towards the fires and you know that it's bad because it's like almost pitch black. As I was coming over the hill, I'm like, God, have I made a massive mistake here? Is this the- now? Is this the over the hill into Jindabyne or over the hill into the village? Over the hill into Jindabyne. Right. So, like, you you could barely see the lake. It was, it was like almost invisible. For those who haven't been there, it's a massive lake. Yeah, it's big. And as I'm driving over the hill, I'm like, this is this is not a real good idea. I'm not a, a firefighter. I don't claim to have that that sort of heroism. I'm I'm not a hero. I am simply just a, a standard person just going over there to see if I could help. Um, the AAV has a lot of firefighting equipment like built into the into the actual platform up there. So, you know, I thought we had a good chance because mm. it has proper fire hoses and things like that. So, Does it have its own water supplies on town water? Yeah, it has its own water supply. Okay. So yeah, it's, that's, that's it's on bore water. Right. Um, and big, big tanks. So I was really struggling with whether I should be there or not. Mm-hmm. And as I drive up over the hill into into the AAV, which is another hill. Another hill. (laughs) Another hill. There's no one else there except for the manager. And I'm just like, where are all the other people? Are they they coming to fight the fire too? And he's like, everybody bailed. They all left. And Well, that's what the manager does, isn't it? It's like everybody evacuate. You've got to be responsible for all the people that are there. And so it's like you've got to evacuate them, I guess. It was quite, I don't know, gut-wrenching when you realise that it's just you and a couple of other people. The manager's wife had stayed behind as well. And his son, mm. and that was it. So we were, and, and that's was, a big property. Yeah, it's huge. And there was so there's basically five of us to defend a village that we were. Yeah, I mean, this is a property where when they have their annual big camp, there's hundreds of people there. Yeah, yeah, lots. It and can lots. accommodate a lot of people on this property, and you've got a lot of infrastructure. <laughs> The fact that we have a God that can protect us and that can put a hedge of protection around us. I've spoken about this hedge of protection before and, you know, how I actually feel now that my family has that hedge of protection. And, you know, it wasn't until I started praying for that hedge of protection that I actually saw things change. There's a Bible passage that basically talks about the fact that this is the devil's territory, that he's the king of this world, and that we have to pray for that hedge of protection so that he's in our heart, so that Jesus is in our hearts, and so that he's there protecting our families and things like this. Well, we had these fires. They were about 15 kilometers away at this point. The fires were coming over the, the mountain. We could walk to the top of the hill above the AAV and actually see the fires in the distance moving towards us. And I stayed there for about three days, and over that time space, these fires destroyed Selwyn snowfields. They lost millions of dollars worth of equipment and millions of dollars worth of you know snow machinery and all sorts of things like this. It burnt it to the ground. Mm. Like there was nothing left. I drove up to Selwyn after it. It was just a charred cinder block. The, the fires were heading th- towards Threadbow as well and we're pretty much encircled at this point. So there's fires at Threadbow, AAVs like on the, on the left of that and then there's another fire up to the to the left of us and eventually that fire joined up with the one that was at Threadbow and it's like literally a fire line burning all the way heading towards AAV and uh, we had nothing left to do but pray about it. Mm-hmm. 
And so the manager and I and the the people, there was only two people that else were there and we all got together and we prayed. And we prayed and we prayed. And eventually we stuck a, a pin on the map that was either a four or a six kilometer radius. I can't really remember at this point. But we stuck that pin on the map and we prayed over it and we said, God, you know, we know you're real. We know that you hear us. Do not let this fire come within, you know, four to six kilometers of of the AAV. And you, you're not going to believe it, but it didn't. Hmm. The wind started blowing in the opposite direction right on the six kilometer, like right on the line. Of where that pin was. Of where that pin was. Fires start up all around this, and they just do not come inside the circle at mm. all because all of a sudden it starts raining on top of those fires right when it gets to the six-kilometer line, and it, it pours, and it puts them out. Mm. Yeah, you can't, get, you can't get better firefighting than rain. Yeah, absolutely, and it's, it was just a miraculous experience yeah, it seems like your story is a list a list of miraculous experiences, and this is another one that you can add to the list right here. It was a little bit of a side note, but we needed to show you the power of prayer because some of the things that I pray for in the future, like after this day, when they start coming true, it's changed my life completely. Yes. I'm wondering whether we can talk about your current relationship, your current family. Mm. That put a smile on his face. <laughs> you found your first couple of wives at the nightclubs. Oh, yes. I don't need the reminder. Thank you. And those relationships ended badly, but you, you're you not still single. Hmm. What has God done in your life? Giving me joy. You know. Tell us tell us the story. <laughs> everybody, everybody loves everybody loves a romance story. Let's hear the story. So I was uh Back on the dating scene, reluctantly, and I knew my relationship was completely over. I'd had messages on trains where, you know, hey, your relationship is done, move on. And also personal development, same message. Same message. And I'm sitting there going, man, if my track record's anything to go by, I don't think I should be choosing the next partner myself. So... You know, I, I did the dating thing, start start dating again, but eventually I start talking to this girl that's in Canberra. And I kind of know she's not right for me, but, you know, you don't want to admit anything. So you sort of just keep moving in whatever direction you feel like going in. And as I started questioning what God wanted for my life, as I started asking him, you know, where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? You know, you've given me all these messages of, hey, I want you. Hey, I need you to be a warrior for me. Where? How? You know, these are the things that are in my head. Where am I going and how am I getting there? And who am I going with? Because I don't do aloneness real well. I'm not that sort of person. I like companionship. And I was praying for a companion. And I felt like whenever I've gotten married, it's because of the fact that it was, that was my companion in life. That's what I wanted. And that's what I, how I wanted it to stay. You know, I just wanted companionship, moving out of home so young, you know, being alone a lot. It's it's pretty depressing. It's pretty hard to stay positive through all of that. So I'm asking I'm asking God for a companion. 
But this time I come to the conclusion that I don't want to do it on my own. So I was in Jindabyne snowboarding. Nice. It's what I do. Yep. I love my so snowboarding. awesome thing to do. Actually, snowboarding with some friends. And I get another call yet again to go to Melbourne to fix something. His website that was there was not making any money. And, yeah, basically... It's a big problem when it's not doing that. Yep. So he asked me to come urgently. So I, I basically left Jindabyne and I drove over the snow because it's an absolutely gorgeous, amazing oh, yes. thing. If you have a four-wheel drive, oh, just best. do it. It mm-hmm. is just insane. Mm-hmm. You know, you drive out past Threadbow and then over towards Kankaban. Yes. And it is just glorious. It's Right through the high country, and you're doing it during winter, so there's snow everywhere. It'd be spectacular. A snow on the road, like yes. it's it's like you've got a foot of snow on the road everywhere. Yep. Um, so don't don't do it without a full drive <laughs> no, and some good no, chains. Not at all. You'll end you'll end badly. Yes. Um, I had I had about three hundred k's of petrol in the tank. There's plenty to get to Kangaban. It's like 180 kilometers or whatever it was. Um, I, I must admit, I was pushing my car a little bit too hard, and um, you know, and driving in heavy snow like that is going to—it's slow, yeah. It's slow, but it's also going to push your fuel consumption right up. Yeah. <laughs> well, basically, <laughs> I had at least my snow gear in the car, but it's it's minus five degrees. Yep. Okay, it was a really mm-hmm. cold afternoon. Mm-hmm. It was like middle of, middle of winter, mm-hmm. and as I'm driving over this hill. I'm like, hey, you know what? I'll go and see this girl that's in Canberra on the way back. We're going to hook up. We're going to have some fun, whatever, you know, just hang out, that sort of stuff. And I'm like, yep, that's that's what I want to do. But in the niggling in the back of my head is, you know, you chose the last two. Do you, sh- are you sure you want to choose this one? And this would this would have been my choice. Like mm-hmm. it would have been, you know, the person that I would have seen. I know she's not Christian. They... It's very easy when you're lonely to think with the wrong part of your brain. <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. Well, I was like, yep, I'd already teed it up. You know, look, I'll, I'll come back that way and mm. we'll hang out. As I'm driving over the mountain, I start praying because I'm like, God, you know, I don't want to choose this partner myself. I want what you want for my life now. I don't want what I want for my life. Um, I don't seem to direct it very well. So I'm driving over the mountain and I said, all right, God, I need a sign. Plan Gideon once again. Yep, put the fleece out there. Put the fleece out there. God, I need a sign. If you don't want me to see this girl in Canberra, make me run out of fuel. Oh, no. Because <laughs> you knew you had plenty of fuel. Uh, not a sensible thing to pray. <laughs> no. In minus five degrees. No. Hindsight kicked my butt this time. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think that's a hilarious story. I can't believe you prayed that. Okay, so I'm driving over the mountain. I'm like, God, come on, I need a sign. If if you don't want me to go and see this girl in Canberra and you're going to choose somebody for me, make me run out of fuel. Okay? Not a sensible prayer. I'm driving over the mountain. I get within 16 kilometers of, of Kankaban where I know oh, the fuel no, is. That's, uh, that's way too far away. Right. No, I've still got forty k's on the oh, okay. on the on the okay. clock, you yeah, know, yeah, of yeah. the the petrol tank says I've got forty. Yep. And I've run this car out so many times after this point to test this because as I came up over just a tiny little hill, wasn't even like would have been fifteen degrees of hill, right? The car conks out on me still with forty k's on the clock. 
And I'm just sitting there going, oh, that was bad. That's very bad. Because it's also 5.30 at night and it's already getting dark. Like yes. it's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's dark. winter. you got snow around. That's winter. Yep. It's minus five degrees. Did I mention that? Yeah, you did mention right. that. It's like, oh, hypothermia weather. I was literally starting to freak out because I hadn't seen a car in about four hours. Yeah. That is a road that is rarely travelled at that time of year. I hadn't seen anybody in like four hours. And I was like, oh, no. What have I done? Who prays that prayer? <laughs> I can't believe you prayed that. Yeah. There's uh, another prayer you should never pray. It's called don't ever pray for patience. God will teach you very, very slowly. yes god has unique ways of teaching patience yes rather than just handing wisdom just he will give you wisdom just rather than just handing it to you on a platter he'll be like oh you want patience Uh, let me show you how this works yes it's it's been a very long time coming for me already so look so you uh, stopped on the side of the road you got you you got no fuel yep and i get 16 k short that's a long walk that's a long walk and and not only that but the Kankaban petrol station closes at about 6.30. Yep. So I'm like, oh, no, this is this is not going well. I get out of the car and I'm starting to put on my snow gear. Mm-hmm. Right? And <laughs> as I'm there, I'm shaking my head, literally shaking my head to myself going, why? Why would you pray that? Because <laughs> it didn't hit me well, until I ran Well, it's kind of like God's made it really clear, hasn't he? Yeah, very, very clear. And I'm standing behind the car. And I'm like, okay, God, I get the message. Help, please. (laughs) (laughs) I kid you not, five minutes goes past and a car pulls up behind me. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm going to get murdered too. Because it's it's this dark. It's this dingy old four-wheel drive. Looks like, you know, I don't know, a carjacker (laughs) from... Probably something I would drive. But anyway, we yeah, won't go I'm, there. <laughs> uh, well, I'm just saying, like, he, it's dark. He pulls up behind me and he actually hops out of the car straight away. I'm standing behind the car. Five minutes gone past since yeah. I ran out of fuel. You know what he says? He goes, hey, did you run out of fuel? I'm like, yeah. He's like, oh, I got some fuel here. Let me put it in your tank. You're kidding. He puts the fuel in my tank. And five minutes after I ran out of fuel, I was on the road again. Oh, my I mean, how many times these days do we see people broken down on the side of the road and we just keep driving because it's like, oh, yeah, they're on their phone, they're fine, you know, they've got somebody to call Mm. and what am I going to be able to accomplish? Didn't even charge me for fuel. Didn't. Just just put it in your tank. Just put it in my tank and off I went. Wow. Okay, all right, so you've got a very clear (laughs) message here from God. Don't go to Canberra. Because if you try this again, I might leave you 16 kilometres short of the fuel station in the snow. Mm. And, you know, the the story likens to the story of Samson. Samson was only interested in his own thingo, like, you know, his own way of being. The passage that gets me in the story of Samson is the fact that Samson didn't know when the Lord had left him. As I was sitting on the side of the road, I was just thinking oh, my goodness, I don't want to be Samson. I don't want to be wondering where the Lord went in my life one day. You know, why did he abandon me? But it wouldn't have been him abandoning me. It would have been me doing the wrong thing. Mm. So, So I started praying for, okay, God, you didn't want me to 
hang out with that person? Who would you like me to hang out with? Where would you like me to go? What would you like me to do? I did eventually meet a girl at Hillsong. I was just at their, their Christmas lights festival that they actually have, and a friend brought her, and we started talking and Were you chatting. part of the production there? or No, no, just, not, just, at, the, not just, at the time. Just, just yeah. the... I was on Pizza Team. Oh, nice. <laughs> Helping out a pizza team at the time. Yep. As we start talking, I'm like, yep, she's a nice girl. I don't, I don't really want anything to do with her. She has two autistic sons. That's a lot of responsibility. It's even more responsibility to take that on. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, no, nah, I'm not, not going near this girl. We went on one date. That was where I kind of found out all that information. And then I was like, no, nah, I'm done. That's it. And I went about life as normal and I get a phone call from this girl mm-hmm. and she said, oh, I, I don't usually do this to people that I don't really know. But she says, I, I don't have anybody else and I've run out of fuel. Okay. <laughs> so um, she's like, I'm, I'm over at my kid's school. He's autistic. I, I don't have anybody else to call. You're the closest person to where I am right now. And I said, no worries, I'll, I'll, I'll grab yeah, sure. I'll grab 20 litre tin, yep. jumped in the car, drove over, I put the petrol, 20 litres, not, mm-hmm. not 10, not 5. Yeah, full jerry again. Because I'm like, yep, you know, I've, I've seen it where, you know, 5 litres won't, won't, won't start, start a car. That, well, yep. And it's an old car, so I was like, yeah, oh, I'll take heaps of petrol. Mm-hmm. I get there and I can't get the car to start. <sighs> I've put 20 litres of fuel in this car. Frustrating. Yeah, but God stopped it from starting because, you see, as we started talking, because I had to put her kid's car seat into my car and drop her home, I was like, oh, we'll just obviously have to come back for your car. I'm like, all right, well, we're going to have to do this. But as we start talking, she starts telling me about how she's been asking God, right? And she's been talking to God. Mm-hmm. She didn't even say praying. She said, I've been talking to God and I've been asking him for a companion in life. Wow. And we started conversing more from there. And we realized that we were made for each other. Mm-hmm. And we merged our family and we've never looked back. And like her, her entire testimony is amazing as well we, we, we need maybe we need to get her along here sometime to uh to record that one as well now nah, what a fantastic story praise god absolutely thanks for being a part of the faith fm family join our community on facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM